everybody, and welcome back to the Are You Shipping Me podcast, the show where we help manufacturers and distributors with their supply chains. I'm Elliot Brazil from AM Transport. Without further ado, let's dive right into it. I'm joined today by Bartley Zuber. Uh, Mr. Zuber graduated the highest honors, in fact, a bronze tablet, uh, from the University of Illinois College of Agricultural Consumer and Environmental Sciences in 1997. He then graduated in the top 10 of his class from the University of Illinois College of Law in 2000. After working at the Chicago office of Kirkland and Ellis for two years, he returned to his home county and has been a sole practitioner since then here. So, Bart, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So, really, uh, what we're going to talk about today is cannabis and cannabis legalization and how that kind of impacts um, employers in the state. As we know, cannabis is going to be legalized Jan 1 of 2020, so it's coming right up. Um, can you kind of give us an overview of the law as it stands uh, right now? Okay. Well, I, I first must say that um, I don't have a attorney-client relationship with AM Transport per, per se. Um, nothing that we're going to do today should be construed as legal advice. Um, we're just basically having a discussion. Um, any, I'm sure most people that are listening to this realize that anything I say is not creating an attorney-client relationship with them. Um, this is more of a conversation. Yep. And I may be factually inaccurate. I'll do my best. Um, as it stands now, in a nutshell, um, possession of less than 10 grams of, of marijuana is a, civil, is a civil crime, so to speak. It's a $100 fine. It gets expunged off your record within six months. But amounts over that are misdemeanors. And then on, on up, the more, the more uh, you possess, it can, be a, it can still be a felony. Mm -hmm. um, come January 1st, it's, it's a very complicated, 500-page law, as oh, a matter wow. of fact. It, as you can imagine, weighs quite a bit. Right. Um, but it, it essentially makes possession of up to, I don't even know off the top of my head, uh, but possession of up to a certain amount of marijuana yeah. legal. Um, and it's, it's a lot of marijuana. It's far more than 10 grams. Um, and of course, uh, use would be legal, except in public places. Um, and so it essentially decriminalizes it uh, within the state of Illinois, and then goes even further to expunge, automatically expunge uh, criminal uh, convictions uh, for a variety of, of, of past things that were crimes for the, you know, back in, to the beginning of time, basically. Yeah. If you had a, a, a felony or even a misdemeanor felony, a marijuana conviction, it will be expunged. And so the idea to, of that is to try to, you know, make it to where people who weren't maybe not eligible for jobs or had a hard time getting uh, housing sure. um, because of these things, now, you know, their record is clean. Um, so, and it creates the ability to obviously sell marijuana in compliance with the law, produce marijuana in compliance with the law, produce uh, cannabis-infused products in compliance with the law, tra obviously transport it. Sure. Um, so, you know, it sounds like 500 pages is a lot, but when you're tackling something this of this magnitude, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, there's far-reaching implications right. in the, all sorts of areas of right. yep. uh, the workplace and society yes. at large. Um, so, in terms of employers, 
Um, as it stands now, obviously, uh, pre-employment drug screening is sort of a reality of uh, employment for, for many people. Mm. Um, sort of random drug testing um, is a reality of uh, the workplace, you know, uh, in sort of manufacturing, distributing, uh, or distributor settings. You know, if you're in an accident, it's typical to, to uh, go to a lab or a hospital and, and get tested to see if you were... Um, under the influence or had any of these substances in your system. Mm -hmm. So will that kind of transfer forward or maybe only for a subsection of, of employers? Uh, what should we expect here? Basically, the, the, the law says, well, the law is 410 ILCS 705 et al. for anybody that, that cares about that kind of thing. Um, but the, the section that speaks to employment and employer liability is 410 ILCS 705 10 50. Mm. And uh, part G of that says nothing in this act shall be construed to interfere with any federal, state, or local restrictions on employment, including but not limited to uh, United States Department of Transportation regulations, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and nothing in this act shall uh, be construed to impact an employer's ability to comply with federal or state law or cause it to lose a federal or state contract or funding. So in other words, if, for example, if, if your employees are truck drivers right. and they're already um, covered by, you know, DOT, DOT rules, yep. um, for example, 49 CFR 40.151E essentially says that if your driver fails a drug test, he can't use this as an excuse that he was in compliance with medical marijuana laws. Sure. And he, and he can't now, as an Illinois resident, use this as an excuse that he was in compliance with Illinois law. Sure. Um, so for, I mean, and I don't know who all may be listening to this, but for people who are employing truck drivers, it doesn't really change much. Yeah. But for example, AM Transport, you know, the folks outside of these walls are not under, you know, are not regulated by DOT rules. Mm -hmm. So, you know, AM Transport could could uh, have a, could literally have a zero tolerance policy yeah. um, for, you know, for, 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 for marijuana. Um, they could test pre-employment, they could test randomly post-employment as long as they were, these random tests were truly non-discriminatory. They could test post-accident, and I believe there's one, one other scenario. Um, oh, you can also test on good faith, articulatable uh, belief that the person is under the influence at work, even right. if it's not, um, didn't cause an accident, but let's just say you've, you, know, you feel like there's irrational, unusual behavior, or um, other than the normal irrational, unusual behavior, right. um, <laughs> but has led to a decrease or less in the employee's performance, or right. or distracted from tasks. You know, the the statute actually lists a, a pretty long list of examples of of what they're doing that's short of an accident, but yet you know is is lessening There's their still performance. Some yeah, reasonable suspicion um, right. that something's right. Going so right. that's it's you know it's ever changing. Uh, as recently as December 6th, um, the law changed to the effect of essentially no cause of action 
for a person against an employer for actions taken pursuant to the employer's reasonable workplace drug policy, including but not limited to subjecting the employee or applicant to reasonable drug and alcohol testing, reasonable and non-discriminatory random drug testing, and discipline termination or withdrawal of a job offer due to failure of a drug test. So in other words, you know, in prior to December 6th, there had to be a good faith reason first. Right. So it, so that was obviously causing problems for employers like, okay, well, what's a good faith reason to to test an applicant? Right. Um, whereas now, if that's, the, if that's already the policy, so one thing would be important is to have a policy, mm-hmm. not just, well, that's our policy, you know, right. <laughs> you know might, might as well put it in writing. Right. Um, and just lay it out. And, and it probably, I mean, in a 500-page law, there's approximately two pages that speaks directly to employment and employer liability. Yeah. So it really would not be that difficult to sit down with and craft a, a workplace policy that really just was tightly in compliance with this just to protect yourself and even referenced, you know, the statute. Right. Um, an issue that you know has come up in, in the literature and in the seminars that I've sat in on is okay. What if an employer has employees in multiple states? Mm. You know, how do you how do you craft a policy that's somehow not discriminatory against people that live in Indiana? When okay, my Illinois employees can do whatever, basically do whatever they want when it comes to this this drug. Right. But my Indiana employees can't, for example. Um, and then another aspect of it, as, as employers can probably imagine, is you can be as under the influence as you want at home. Right. Um, so the employer can really only um, regulate what you do while you're at work, uh, on call, or performing your job duties, mm-hmm. which then, of course, leads to a lot of what are the definitions of that? Are, right. You know, um, so your employment, your policy needs to define, you know, when you're at work. For example, if you have uh, people who are who work from home, you know, are you know, are they, even though they're not on site, are they expected to be performing their job duties from eight to five or you know seven to three or whatever, regardless of where they're at? You know, that should be in your policy. Um, on call is a very sp- is specified in the statute as uh, scheduled with at least 24 hours notice by the employer to be on standby or potentially re- responsible for performing tasks related to employment either at the employer's premises or at other previously designated location. Mm. Um, so on call is defined in the statute, which obviously your your uh, Workplace policy would need to reflect that. Yeah. Um, performing one's duties. If you're meeting clients, you know, at a hotel on a weekend. If you're in the business, uh, like a consulting business, for example. Well, you you can't be right. under the influence at right. that time because you're performing duties, even mm-hmm. though you're, it's a very relaxed setting. Um, so there's there's all kinds of things like that. But on the other hand, if you know, if you're at someone's house and they happen to be a client or happen to be a, a customer and the two of you decide that you want to be under the influence of marijuana, 
what can the employer really do about it? You know, sure. Um, it's gray. You know, there's a lot of industries where it's more gray than others. I mean, in the consulting industry, are sure. you not always on duty? Sure. You know, whereas if you're driving a truck, you're either driving the truck or you're not. Yeah. So, it's uh, it's sort of interesting to me that you know there's there are these efforts to go back and sort of expunge or erase previous convictions. Um, as we know, sort of in the trucking industry. Uh, there are new sort of drug and alcohol clearinghouse rules coming down. So, you know, even if, uh, let's say, you had a cannabis marijuana conviction in the past, it was expunged, your uh, drug test results are still fair game. Uh, right. I, my, my thought, right? Well, yes. I, I, obviously, drug test results are forget. The Another thing that employers need to keep in mind is... Um, Nothing in this act shall be construed to create or imply a cause of action for any person against an employer for injury, loss, or liability to a third party mm. if the employer neither knew or had reason to know that the employee was impaired. So in other words, I'm just using the truck driver's you know, examples, even though the truck drivers themselves are still regulated you know, so maybe truck drivers are a bad example because they're still regulated by DOT. But right, um, let's say a forklift, a for, forklift yeah. operator, um, and you're given a tour of your factory to some, you know, some kids. Sure. And the forklift operator runs over one of the kids. Yeah. Okay. Well, that doesn't give that kid or that kid's parents a cause of action necessarily against the employer um, based on you know, but drug test issue, yeah. it could give them a cause of action for other reasons, sure. But, sure. but unless the employer knew or should have known that the driver was impaired. So, you know, the driver, you know, and where I'm going with this is if you're going to test and you're going to keep records of your tests, you better be prepared to have those records subpoenaed. Sure. Um, and so if it, you know, if those records get subpoenaed and this person has, you know, 10 positive THC tests in the last year yeah. and one three weeks ago, um, it's going to be a strong argument that the employer should have known yeah. that he or she was under the influence. Um, however, if you test them and you don't keep those records, there's, there's nothing to get. Um, but you still, someone did the tests, someone knows about the tests, so if they subpoena you under oath as an employer, um, you know, did you ever test Mr. Smith? Yeah, how often did you test him? Well, we, uh, we tested him every 60 days. Uh, how often in the last three years was he positive for THC? Well, every time. Right. You know, so in other words, where I'm going with that is, just don't, if you're not going to punish the person, don't test. Yeah. There's no, know, there, there's no reason to test unless th there's an end, you know, unless you're going to do something about it. Right. Um, that would be the same way with uh, applicants. You know, um, if you are not going to to disqualify that applicant for THC, don't test them. Yeah. You know, test them for other drugs. I mean, there's nothing that says you can't test them for other drugs. But you know, that was that's one of the things that this act. Um, you know, one of the one of the stated reasons uh, that they that they the stated reasons anyway that they ha have the act is okay, the job market's already tight right. in a lot of industries. It's tough to find people to to fill 
to you know to fill positions. So, you know, now this another this is filter. this is another this is another um, you know we're freeing up essentially freeing up all these potential employees right. that previously were testing for an illegal drug, and so now employer if you want to if you want to test applicants and you want to to ding them, that's fine. Your your pool for of, of intentional of future employees is smaller. Right. But employer, if you don't want to test them, now your pool is bigger. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it sort of like brings up another uh, another interesting point, right? Because like my understanding right now, the testing for her THC metabolites in say urine will reveal past use, but doesn't necessarily reveal current. Uh, impairment. Absolutely. I mean, there's not a. I mean, there's not a breathalyzer. There's not a breathalyzer, right. and and I have set in on uh, some seminars with uh, that with a, a gentleman who does this for a living, um, tests, you know, does workplace testing for a living, and you know, it's all over the board as far as, you know, I, I think DOT has a has a certain level yep. of metabolite and and you're you know you're considered intoxicated um, other some states have different levels that you're considered intoxicated it's not it's not that BAC is an exact science or the breathalyzer is an exact science but it's more exact than these tests sure. um, my understanding and I just listened to this guy um, within the last couple of weeks and and I think DOT uh, is 0.04 for alcohol mm. Whereas Illinois is 0.08, other states are as high as 0.10. Um, right now, according to this guy, DOT is is absolutely zero tolerance for THC, where you know which actually so is Illinois. Um, so you could have you know smoked something 20 some days ago in Illinois, as of now anyway. And if you get pulled over and and it's in your system, you're pretty much sunk for a DUI if that local state's attorney wants to throw the book at you. Right. Um, so yeah, it's and, and an interesting thing that I did learn from this person, and, and you guys may know this, is the hair test. If you've if you've smoked in the last two or three days, doesn't work because and it sure. makes sense. Your sure. hair hasn't grown that fast. Sure. But if you smoked thirty days ago or even you know forty five days ago, it's in there. Yeah. So I mean that's how inexact this stuff is. Yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> I mean we're definitely in sort of the early days of this, obviously. Um, you know, I'm sure the science will continue to change and evolve as we move right. forward. But you know, it seems like there's there are plenty of gray areas, not only mm-hmm. in the law as it's written, yeah. but sort of you know how these sorts of things can be enforced. Um, sort of as we close out, anything you want to say about sort of medical marijuana considerations? Uh, the medical marijuana is um, unaffected by this. In other okay. words, um, any any rights or privileges that a person had under the previous law relating to medical marijuana, they still have. So, um, you know, impairment obviously is still an issue, but I guess the the short answer would be you can't have a zero tolerance policy Mm -hmm. that bars people with the prescription. But you can have a zero tolerance policy uh, for everyone else as long as it's reasonable. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's reasonably and non-discriminatorily enforced. Sure. Yeah. The, I mean, yep. It's uh, as with anything, I guess. It's tough to 
it's tough to write these things into law when there is, you know, so much. Well, for sure. And and that's the whole thing. I mean, they, they literally made a major, major change to this yeah. on December 6th. Yeah. And it it hits, hits the ground yeah. January 1st. Um, so like anything, and as it should be, when more scenarios, real life scenarios present themselves, mm -hmm. the law will adjust. Right. Either to, to maybe more strictly or more leniently, just okay. We, you know, nobody can think of everything, right? <laughs> but eventually, right. everything happens. Yes, <laughs> and so you've got to just say, okay, we'll we'll adjust now. Yeah. The most uh, the most reasonable way forward, I guess. Right. right? Let the let the world uh, sort of chew on it and digest right. it and, and move forward from there. Well, we definitely have plenty uh, for our listeners to chew on and digest. <laughs> Um, but thank you, Bart, for coming on. It's been a real pleasure, Definitely. and uh, we'll have to have you back sometime. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Cool.